Oh, hey, how are you there? Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. This is episode number 65. I am your host, Joe Zakreski. This week's episode, Eddie interviewed narrator of Rock and Roll Nightmares, Along Come Scary, 60s edition, short stories, Jennifer Knighton. As you remember before, we've covered, we spoke about narrators from the 70s and 80s, and now here we go with the 60s. Again, you can check these out. You can find it on Amazon, which is Audible. Ooh, and that's what I did to check these out. They're a lot of fun. It's a fun theme. And uh, hey, I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Let's get down those channels of fear. I'm going to take you over to Eddie's interview with narrator Jennifer Welcome back to the Red River Horror Podcast. Eddie Kayazo, happy to be with you. I'm flying solo this week for another interview. I know the podcast listeners enjoy when we have a good interview. This time, speaking to Jennifer Knighton. She is the narrator for Along Comes Scary, Rock and Roll Nightmares, the 60s edition short stories, and she's out there in Los Angeles. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome back to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, I'm glad we have to. So I just, we have to put this out there for the people listening. I say welcome back, not because uh, you've heard Jennifer on the program before, but you would have about a month ago. Uh, the only problem is I'm working through some audio stuff. So Jennifer was kind enough to come back and say, you know what? We'll, we'll do it over again. That's fine. I'll, uh, I'll lend you a half hour. Okay. And I said, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I'm eternally grateful. So thanks so much for coming back, Jennifer. Of course. All right. So your stories. Now, we've been through the 70s extensively. We've been through the 80s. It's kind of exciting to take a step back because the 80s has been so done recently. <laughs> so, so I just want to start here. Going into this, I guess, this read, is there anything you had to do to prep for the period that you were reading the book in? Or is this kind of, it could take place at any time, it just happens to take place in the 80s, if you know what Six. I mean. Uh, 60s, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is definitely unique to the 60s. Um, this is the 27 Club. This is Charles Manson. This is... Um, Rolling Stone magazine getting its start. This is a lot of things that are very specific to the 60s, not just the music itself. Wow. Okay. Wow. The 20, <laughs> the 27 Club is actually, yeah, that's something we spoke about briefly uh, the last time we were able to chat. Um, who from the 27 Club do we run into? So just to clarify, the 27 Club are those in rock and roll, and in music, I guess popular music to be specific, that have sadly passed away at the age of 27. So with Rock and Roll Nightmares, Along Comes Scary, the 60s edition short stories, we'll probably be meeting a lot of those. So can you can you go into any detail? Who do we meet? Well, I have to admit they did a really good job of picking people who are not real to base the stories around. Uh -huh. But you do get references. So you've got your Janis Joplin, your Jim Morrison, like the really well-known people who died at 27 are mentioned in reference to the characters that are, are running into these issues, shall we say. Okay. 
Is there any kind of song that was in your head throughout the read? Any kind of, and any, because uh, like, like, I'll give you an example. So if you were to put the 60s on the screen, right? If you were to watch a show, what always happens when when they do like the montage? You see, you know, a couple soldiers walking through the jungles of Vietnam. You hear, uh, you know, Credence Clearwater Revival or, or Jimi Hendrix, the, uh, oh my gosh. Every single one. I said yep. there's got to be somewhere out of here. So, so this, <laughs> this being set in the 60s, was there any song running through your head as you were narrating these stories? Uh, I would love to say there was only one, um, <laughs> but they did such a good job of referencing songs in weird ways that just the, the soundtrack just kept changing on me. Um, one of the, one of the names of the song or the stories is Daydream Bereaver. <laughs> okay. So I Daydream Believer popping into my head frequently. <laughs> um, in Chain Chain Chainsaw, one of his hits was The Sound of Silencers. Oh. And so I kept hearing The Sound of Silence in my head. Like, each one <laughs> kicked a different song into my head, even if it wasn't the one it was specifically doing. So. That's what I love, again, about these stories. And the thing is, they're very accessible, the, uh, the rock and roll nightmare stories. You have the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, we're speaking today with Jennifer Knighton, the narrator of the 60s edition. One thing I've noticed for sure across the board now being through almost all the way through all of these books is that the accessibility, you're able to just pick it up and read it. You don't have to worry about like like crazy cerebral things. You can say, okay, I'm reading this story. I understand this story and I, and I can I can follow along and I like it. But another thing, and I think I spoke about this on the last podcast was just how how funny some of these stories can be as well. Stacy and the authors that she brought together for this really have a great sense of humor, and it is definitely tied in with these stories. <laughs> and then we got, yep, so I'm just going through the story list here. Chain, chain, chainsaw. Hella woman. Ah, uh, hella woman. Hella, oh, that's awesome. There you go. Thank you. Hello, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Papa's got a brand new body bag, so I won't read all of them, but you can tell now where we're at. Do you believe in tragic? Stake another piece of my heart. California screaming. Okay, so Jennifer, I have to ask, how long have you been out in LA? Um, wow. Okay, let's see. What are we in? 21 now? Um, I have been in LA. August would make 18 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that is the longest I've lived anywhere. I moved around a lot in my youth where are you from originally i was born in idaho but we moved away when i was a year and a half okay <laughs> so i'm not sure that really counts so you're not I representing was... idaho <laughs> exactly um i'm i'm a construction brat same kind of concept as military brat but different industry so your dad moved i guess wherever the so there'd be a contract for work in a certain place yep. and then that's where you would go exactly makes perfect sense <laughs> transferred about every three years wow that's very interesting so again like you had said i heard of an army brat i've never heard of a construction brat i could totally see it like it makes sense like you would go yeah. where where there's work and now la being the longest place you spent what were the other places oh man okay let's see <laughs> idaho hawaii navajo reservation in arizona flagstaff arizona 
northern New York, where it was practically Canada, <laughs> um, northern Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, then I started moving on my own. So Scotland, Idaho with my folks for a little bit, Washington, England, and then L.A. Okay. Okay. So we, we are. All right. I don't know how much talking about the stories we're going to be talking about moving <laughs> forward. Wow. That is all over the place. Did, exactly. Did any any of those places feel most like home? So that's the weird thing. Each one of them had something specific that I loved about it. Uh-huh. But none of them were like the whole package. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Like my closest friends came out of my time um, in Las Vegas, but I'm not really a fan of Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but my closest friendships came from there. Upstate New York was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I did have a couple close friendships there, but nothing that was like forever. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Yes, it does. <clears throat> Meanwhile, when I was living overseas, um, of all places, uh, Winchester in southern England felt like home like the second I showed up. Wow. Uh, but of everywhere I've traveled, Venice, Italy actually had the most I'm where I'm supposed to be feel to it, even though I was only there for a couple days. Venice, Italy. I know. It was random, but like within seconds of getting there, I felt like I was at home. <laughs> so in Winchester in England. Yep. <clears throat> is. So you said that Southern England is, <laughs> is it because they always talk so, about how it, it's kind of uh like rainy, cloudy, like that kind of environment. But but I don't. I, I will say that I'm I'm a I, I'm not even a stubborn American. I've just been a Philadelphian my entire life. Like, totally. You know. So like that's like we out of all the. I think if there's a statistic on this, if you look at the Philadelphia region, people leave here the least out of anywhere in the world. Which is crazy. Yeah. Every time I've been to Philadelphia, it's been pouring rain. Just for the record. Really. And I've been there a few times, but every <laughs> time pouring rain. I saw more sunshine in England than I did in Philly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll love this because it ties in. Okay. Even, I was living in Southampton. The whole reason I went to Winchester was Crosby, Stills, and Nash's song, Cathedral. Wow. So you were brought because to a location they, by a song? Yes. And it, it the song specifically says, I'm standing in Winchester Cathedral. And so since it was like very, very close to where I was staying, I figured I had to go up there and see the cathedral in person. And just the whole town was amazing. Wow. So, <laughs> so I blame Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Then, then I have to know, it is, uh, all right, firstly, what, what, what is your occupation then? Do you mean to tell me that you've been able to, I guess, perform – as a voice actor, audiobooks, like perform in that space because you can do oh. it from anywhere in the world? Or were you were you drawn to the places and then it's just like, you know what, I can flip a hamburger anywhere? Or is there something that you do specifically? <laughs> so I am an actor. I have been since junior high. Um, my sister helped form a local um, like little community theater group. And the curtain mechanism broke. And so they needed someone to come in and open and close the curtains for them. And so she wrangled me into it. And I, I never left the theater after that. Wow. Um, then I went to performing arts high school in, in Las Vegas. When I went to college, I went to Scotland. 
Okay. Because I was working at the Idaho Shakespeare Festival the summer before my senior year. Um, I had the option of sending my SAT scores in like a million places. I had no clue where I wanted to go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look, it lets me send it to the University of Glasgow. Sure, why not? Um, and I ended up applying and getting in. Uh, so why the hell not? Um, I ended up studying Celtic civilizations and medieval um, history as well as theater while I was there. And it was awesome because I could go out and actually see these places. Sure. And I could go out and climb around the ruins of castles and stuff like that. So, like, why not? Yeah. Uh, when I came back to the States, I ended up getting my degree in medieval and renaissance studies, like making my own major specifically to look at the arts of the period. So the sure. music, the theater, the l literature, etc. Um, up in the Seattle area, University of Puget Sound. And so when I graduated, I'm like, okay, last chance to go abroad before I'm, I'm probably stuck somewhere. And so I moved to England and stayed with a friend of mine for a little bit before coming back to the States and going, dear God, I need sunshine, and therefore landing in L.A. <laughs> the voiceover thing did not actually happen until I met the guest of your other um, episode, Graydon Schlichter. Aha. Uh -huh. I met back him. Graydon, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I met him, and he loved voiceover and was taking some classes and was like, look, I know it's not your branch of acting, but come with me to this class. Um, I came in. The teacher heard me speaking and was like, please tell me you voice match for B.B. Newworth. Um, and I was hooked. Wow. Uh, and so I've been doing voiceover, voiceover stuff ever since. That teacher introduced us to ACX, which is Audible's um, narration exchange. And I've just been doing voiceover and, and narration ever since. All right. You spoke to the right person. So I actually know who B.B. Newirth is only because <laughs> I was a huge Cheers fan and then a huge right. Frasier fan. Exactly. Both shows I, I loved and I couldn't believe they both pretty much lasted the same amount of time. So like after <laughs> Cheers ended, of course, I was really upset devastated but then Frasier over the years it took some time to build it it's just like oh wow i really like this show yeah. so so for those listening if you don't know bb newirth is in is she is lilith yeah she's the lilith character in both those so that's Frasier's love interest both in cheers and his ex-wife in Frasier. but she's also in the faculty as the president have you ever seen that movie <laughs> I have, um, and my roommate actually had me watching um, Over the Garden Wall recently, which is a new animation. Okay. And she actually plays a character in that. Oh, my that gosh. <laughs> so I have to ask if you're doing voice matching for someone like I'm that. I'm not, but I was told I ought to. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going to say I need to know then what what project was that? Like what was – no, it was just a teacher heard my voice and immediately said, you need to do this. And I'm like, I'm okay with that idea. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that a common gig in in the world of voiceover acting? Is is that a common, like, I would say, job description for a role that, hey, I need you to match Ewan McGregor. I need you to match. I'm just trying <laughs> to think of, of different people in the space. So it is something that happens with voiceover artists. Um, sometimes it's because... They need to do um, some lines in a film and the, the original actor isn't available to do the, the pickup lines and you don't see their voice, their, their face moving. So you can just get the words. So sometimes they'll have voice matchers do that. Um, a great example right now is Marvel's What If. Aha. Uh -huh. 
because they weren't able to get all the original actors to to play their characters and so they have a lot of voice actors actually voice matching those characters for for the show wow no so it is definitely a thing it is not a thing i have done yet but i would i would love to do that all right so we're gonna have to i'd say i'd say let's set it 365 days from now before then we have to bring all the narrators we've spoken to back on the program because i have so every one of these interviews leaves me with so many more questions (laughs) that i have to ask um so all right so i'll I'll get away from that i guess with the with the voice uh voice matching and the the marvel (laughs) universe and no because i always pride myself in being able to tell when it's not the person Right. So, like, I'll give you an example. Like, I knew when I saw Halloween 20 years later, H2O, back in 98 when it came out. Yep. The opening monologue in the beginning is uh, Sam Loomis. Dr. Loomis is what he said about Halloween or about Michael Myers 20 years ago. And I'm like, that's that's not that's not Donald Pleasance. Like, I know that. (laughs) You know, so but but I've I'm trying to think of something that I watched. I think I think my friend tried to get me to watch that Clone Wars. Oh, yep. Um, uh, that which was supposed to take place between Episode mm-hmm. Two and Episode Three of Star Wars. So I watched that for a little while, and I did notice, like, I'm just like, oh, okay, well, obviously that's not Ewan McGregor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's why his name came to mind. So I I would be very interested to see just how often voice matching is employed, and. Yeah. Uh, but also when they can they will get the actual person (laughs) so like robot chicken constantly gets the actual person which is amazing to me (laughs) (laughs) robot chicken seth green he is from i think it's upper darby which is right outside philadelphia nice i I know jamie kennedy's from upper darby maybe um seth green i know is from the area (laughs) one of the close philly burbs anyway this is so much fun i just can't believe (laughs) wow but but then you said you wanted some sunshine, so you ended up in L.A., so that does mean that there was a fair amount of rain where you were. After Seattle and after England and Scotland, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I love those places. I love all the green, but I just, I do get a little bit of seasonal depression, and I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. And so I'm like, okay, somewhere I can act, and somewhere that's sunshine, and somewhere I already have some friends. Yes. Because I just want to go with no support network out of the gate. (laughs) And I did already have some friends out this way, so that made it easier. Very nice. 18 years later, I'm still out here, so. Now, how... um, This is just more more curiosity. Yeah. So we do have the seasons in Philadelphia. That's something my wife is very strict about, because I always wanted to move uh, to the mountains of South Carolina, I um I just I just love it there. Like I've traveled up and down the East Coast so many times and like the cost of living, what there is to do, like Greenville, South Carolina is where I wanted to end nice. up. She does not. She she's a big fan. She's like, "No, I need the seasons." And they fall just a little bit short on that winter season. So yeah. is LA hot all the time or do you oh, get a reprieve? We have different seasons. Okay. We have earthquake season. a fire season which is immediately followed by mudslide season because when it starts raining after the fires all the ground has been messed up by the fires and so we immediately get mudslides oh my god earthquake season is kind of rotating it's it's unpredictable but the other two are fairly straightforward 
Um, that being said, we are definitely in the middle of a drought. Um, the rainy mudslide season has been getting shorter and shorter every year, which is a little terrifying. Um, wow. I do remember seasons, but my theory is I can go visit them. Okay. <laughs> so if I want fall, the Adirondacks in upstate New York are just absolutely <laughs> stunning in the fall. If I want snow, I can go visit. I could just go up a mountain and I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't have to go too far for that. Um, but I, I do like the sunshine most of the year. <laughs> wow. Really? And then I'm just going back to a movie. Uh, and again, this is all reference. I've never been. I've been a lot of places, not nearly as many as you've lived. <laughs> um, but I've done the entire East Coast. Uh, I was actually at a film festival in Oklahoma. So I've been there. I don't want to speak for the entire state, but from Oklahoma City north. Okay. And kind of like the, uh, I don't know if they call that the panhandle or whatever. So I've mm -hmm. like I've spent a good amount of time in that region of Oklahoma. Um, I was in Phoenix, but briefly. Salt Lake City. <clears throat> Just trying to think of these places, but all so so you have to. What I'm saying is, my only references of the weather of Los Angeles is yep. from movies and music. Yep. That's it. Yep. So in Crash, I remember when uh, Ryan Phillippe, uh, he was the detect the one of the detectives, mm -hmm. and another character. They said, "Oh, it was cold," and they were like chilly. And I'm just like, "Does that ever happen in Los Angeles?" So, in my defense, <laughs> um, yes, it does get cold here, but our standards of cold, our bodies have adjusted. Right. So you get used to certain weather types, and so your version of what is cold is different than someone else's. Hmm. So I would get really cold in the winter, and my family, who's out in Colorado right now, would be like, yeah, you can shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> it's negative um, 20 where we are. <laughs> exactly, right? So my mom came out to visit one year for winter, in the winter, and after one night, she went out and bought me a bunch of blankets. Uh -oh. So... I'm just going to say she's the one giving me a hard time for, for complaining about the cold. But after one night staying with me, she went and bought me more blankets. So it wow. can't all be in my head. <laughs> huh. Oh my gosh. But yes, I'm totally a wimp now. <laughs> like <laughs> I fully admit that. <laughs> all right. So that's why one of the stories is called California screaming. And oh that's, God. Again, another another reference. I always just think of California Dreamin' as all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. And it's like a sad song. And I'm like, uh -huh. what the hell are you talking about, mamas and papas? Like, yeah, what, what's wrong with that? You know what I mean? So I did not get as far, I don't think. No, I did not get as far in my travels just yet. <laughs> California screaming. Could, There's could, still fine. I'm I'm, cu <laughs> I'm curious about it. How would you entice me to listen to that story specifically? Oh my god, are you kidding me? That's one of my favorites on the whole thing. Really? Uh, so California Screaming. Let's see, Renee Millette. Yeah. Um, that is not in California. Um, hold on. Ah. Let me get to it. Um, <laughs> I have my cheat sheet in front of me here. <laughs> um. Just to make sure that I'm not lying about anything. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so California Screaming, Renee Millette. Um, if I recall correctly, is actually the one that takes place in uh, Casey Moe? 
let's see, 108. Casey Moe. Uh, sorry, Kansas City. Okay, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> man, that's so familiar. <laughs> um, Kansas City, I think it's on the Missouri side. Um, yep, you're right. Side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember which side it actually takes place in. <laughs> um, but it's it's essentially, um, it is a, uh, am I mixing it? Yeah. Sorry, it and Hello Woman had very similar, or Hello Woman. Hello um, Woman. <laughs> a similar um, lead characters in that they were disgruntled old men. Ah. Old. Uh, but this is the one where it is an old um, rocker uh, who is past his prime and can't draw a crowd. And so his agent gets him an interview um, in a haunted hotel called the hotel california ah like he's like okay cool hotel california i could do california and he's like yeah so that's in kansas (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um and so he goes for this interview and it turns out it's this kid who's like just starting out and he's like seriously this is supposed to get me big again right um but it's taking place in a haunted hotel because this guy is known for being with, it was like Winston and the uh, Tombstones was the name of his band. Okay. So obviously he's into haunted stuff, right? Yes. Um, and so it's supposedly a haunted hotel and he's like, yeah, so I don't believe in this stuff. And the kid's <laughs> like all enthused and excited and stuff. And I guess the hotel is where like the miners would stop on their way to California. Right. So dreaming of gold in California, which is why it's the yeah California dreaming. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it it doesn't go well for Winston. <laughs> but that's as far as I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> no, that's but perfect. Yeah, I love that the one you pick is the one that doesn't actually take place in California. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's wishing it did. He's stuck in Kansas and very unhappy about it. But it doesn't <laughs> take place in California. He was. This is this is not what I. This is not. California. Very much not on for. <laughs> No, it's good because I know one thing. Um, just uh, at, you know, developing a friendship with Stacy over the years, uh, Stacy Lane Wilson. Yep. Um, of course, she's the editor and written several stories. Uh, she pretty much put all of these rock and roll nightmares, uh, book books together. Yeah, and she's a- <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. She's amazing. Yeah, it's. I, I don't know where that. I don't know where all of this comes from, but she, but. It's just, it's so impressive. And I've, the, the funny thing is, it's like I knew her from the horror space. Like, yep. you know, I knew watching uh, with, with the, uh, the co host of this program, uh, Joe, we would watch those cable specials on, you know, the top movie, movie moments and all those things. Yep. So, like, Stacy would always pop up as a part of those shows. So, I remember, <laughs> you know, reading her movie reviews. I remember, like, I guess in the early, in the early days of, I don't know if it's considered digital printing or whatever the hell, you know, mm-hmm. online. Like when I had access to all articles and things like that, but yep. but online, you know, and then Stacy would pop up on my TV. So what I'm trying to say is like I knew Stacy from the horror space, had no idea. One, her dad's freaking Don Wilson from The Ventures. How right? cool is that? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. So just learning more and more about Stacy over the years outside of her work in the horror space it's like she definitely knows she like she was born, she lives and she breathes like Los Angeles and California. Yep. It's just like the way I feel and the way like the, the picture I try to paint about Philadelphia, it's like 
that's Stacy with LA. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Um, I actually met her through the horror space. Okay. Um, Brayden and I did a series of, I think, four anthologies of short stories, three of which were horror, um, for a guy named Eric Miller. Um, and Stacy found us through him. But the amusing part is my first book was Stacy. I actually narrated another book with her was really? her mom's memoir. Oh my gosh. That's right. Legend lipstick. Um, so I got to learn all sorts of stuff about LA that I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> For better or worse. Experiencing it through the lens of her mother. <laughs> wow. And then she brought me on for this one, which I'm really, really grateful for because this was so much fun. That that's amazing. So just um, I know we've included it in some articles and things before, but uh, so of course I say her dad, Don Wilson from the Ventures, but her mom was Bunny Bacon. She was a I, I don't know, I guess a pinup model. Is that what you call? I don't I don't want to misrepresent. She was so many things. <laughs> she was absolutely a pinup model. She was a beach babe in a ridiculous number of movies. Um, she, yeah, she was impressive. <laughs> she was dead center living it up with, with the elite of LA <laughs> for decades. So Wow. It's just amazing. So, uh, Stacy is LA. <laughs> exactly. That That's what I'm saying. It's like when I met somebody through the horror space and like, you know, a certain amount about them and then, you know, just more of the story comes out and it's just like, oh my gosh, it's like Stacy's right. like the coolest freaking person ever. <laughs> <laughs> it is an honor to know her and I love, love, love getting to narrate her stories because she yeah. cracks me up. <laughs> I, I'm pretty good about not laughing when I'm actually recording, mm -hmm. but when I'm editing, I am just dying <laughs> as I'm sitting there listening to the stuff. And I'm just like, I said that and managed not to laugh. How did I do that? <laughs> that is just fantastic. Uh, no, so that's why after some time passes and like the season starts to go away a little bit, like because I'm just so immersed now in fall and October. And, you know, we we very much have the fall season here in Philly. So I'm I'm just. I'm living it every single day, but, <laughs> but given some time away, I want to listen to these books in order the sixties, the seventies and the eighties, just because I, uh, like I see like each, each one has like its own artwork. It's, it's like creative. It's different, you know, and today, um, just talking about the sixties one and seeing the, I, I call these, I call these stories, the track listing now, Totally. you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but a That's lot, Absolutely. So which one which one of these stories had you cracking up the most? Oh my god, that's so tough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they all really, really got me. Um let's see. So I mentioned that, that California Screaming was one of my favorites. Oh yeah. Maybe not the funniest. Okay. Um one of my favorite stories. Um as for the one that had me cracking up the most. Oh my god! Um, probably chain, chain, chainsaw, or Papa's got a brand new body bag. Okay, one one of those two. Um, <clears throat> Papa's got a brand new body bag. I loved because apparently I am meant to narr narrate in the young adult space. Um, ah. I, really, I I I Is loved that, that one because he's like a fourteen year old boy, right? And there's just something very different you do with your voice when you're doing that. <laughs> 
Um, and this poor kid is going through something very traumatic as a 14-year-old boy and trying to keep his head about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just absolutely hilarious dealing with all the other teenagers who were not keeping their heads about them properly. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that, that's why I'm having so much fun with these rock and roll nightmares, uh, the books. I mean – it's it's like I call it the track listing. I started with the seventies one. That was the one that was first available. Um, I spoke to Graydon and Le- Leanne. Le- there was she, her, both Graydon and her had two different names. So I'm just trying to remember which ones we went with. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but Graydon and Leanne are the ones they wrote with, not the ones that they uh, that they narrated <laughs> with. Vincent and Lillian. That's right, that Vincent and Lillian. Right. So I spoke with them about the the 70s one and that like i was in the disco space i was in the rock and roll space i was it was living that decade through music and comedy and horror and it was fun um here you have such a decade so just chain chain chainsaw so obviously aretha franklin uh chain of fools yep la woman you have acid rock in the doors like in the 60s it's just like papa's got a brand new body bag freaking james brown uh-huh. Um, Dave Brain Bereaver. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta sneak the Beach Boys in here somewhere, right? You're right. The freaking... That, yeah, what would that... Daydream Believer, that's the monkeys. Yeah, monkeys, my bad. But, like, no, but you think of... Like, think of this. Like, like, do you believe in tragic? But yep. do you believe in magic? Like, all no, of these songs... Funny, by the way. I'm sorry? Do you believe in tragic is incredibly funny. <laughs> I had so much fun creating the over-the-top characters in that one. Wow. Sorry, sidetracked. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. Then I'm just going to read this real quick, and then I'll yep. I'll uh, I'll leave you with this. So, along comes scary. This is the '60s edition. Tune in, turn on, and drop into the rock and roll rabbit hole. Along comes scary is set in an alternate spooky '60s where vampires play screaming guitars. Hellbound, hellbound hot rodders start a new trend on AM radio. And there are groupies who will do anything for a piece of their favorite band. Stories include Papa's got a brand new body bag. Hello, woman. And she's got a ticket to die. Ten stories by Stacey Lane Wilson, Jeff Strand, Darren Gordon-Smith, Marco Manone. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Or Manone. Either one. Sorry, bud. Manone. Manone. All right. He's a Pison like me. Renee Mallet and Shane Bitterling. And narrated, of course, by Jennifer Knighton. She's the one. She's our guest today. So, uh, I guess to close out, if if you could give just a quick, a quick elevator pitch on why people should get the audiobook version of this. These stories are absolutely fantastic, and I hope, I hope, I hope that you will agree that I really brought them to life in my narration. Yeah. Um, I I take pride in all of my different characters and making them just that much funnier and that much scarier than just the written word. I, I try to infuse in them everything that was written and just bring it to life. <laughs> so I really, really, really hope you enjoy them. There's a ton of horror. There's a ton of laughter. It is just an absolute blast. And I mean, these songs will get stuck in your head and you'll start trying to write the version that the title. No, it's perfect. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for spending some time again. I know we, ha- I know we had to redo it, but um, I don't know if we would have gotten all over the world where you've kind of <laughs> taken us during this interview uh, in the last one because it was kind of a co-interview. So I was really glad to spend just some time just you and I talking about it. 
I had an absolute blast. Thank you for having me. Okay, and I hope that you enjoyed Eddie's interview with Jennifer Knighton about these uh, rock and roll nightmares along comes scary 60s edition short stories. Remember to check those out on Audible on Amazon. You can get it print. You can get it now. You can get it auto. It's great. It's wonderful. And then on that note, remember to check out KeystoneRetro.com. Get 10% off your order by using code Red River. That's at KeystoneRetro.com. This has been episode number 65 of the Red River Horror Podcast. You can find me at Red River Joe on Twitter. And don't forget to email us your suggestions, thoughts, comments, whatever you got. RedRiverHorror at gmail.com. And remember to keep traveling those channels of fear. 